Welcome to an Impact Ministries production brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world. Dr. Jim Richards. Hey, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to this third message in this series about the mysteries of the new covenant. Now, I want to talk to you a little bit about this whole concept of mysteries because this is really important. You know, one of the things that uh, you have to come to understand is everything with God is about what happens in your heart. It's not just what happens externally. As a matter of fact, what happens externally is always just the fruit of what's in your heart. If you take care of the beliefs of your heart, honestly, everything on the outside is going to take care of itself. Now, I want you to understand that because of the fact that we have a covenant with God, that's like having a contract. And, and you know, really the word covenant contract are pretty close and almost have the same meaning. And the reason, by the way, that we've already discussed that God gave us a covenant was because unlike all of the pagan gods, they treated their people however they wanted to. They, they were never consistent. They never necessarily did what they said they were going to do. They could say one thing. They could do something else. Men were just pawns that they used. And, and, and so people who worship pagan gods, they never knew where they stood. They never knew, uh, you know, what was going to happen in their life. They never knew what they had to do to appease the pagan gods. Now, I don't have time to go into it, but the pagan gods that, that we know about basically were what the Bible called Nephilim. They, they weren't gods. They were fallen angels. And even, even the, the uh, demagogues that we read about in Greek mythology were Nephilim. And so the people had absolute beliefs about the gods, and they experienced incredibly brutal things at the hands of God. Well, our God, the creator God, the Jehovah God, who, whose name means I am who I was, I am who I am, I am who I will be. In other words, I will never change. He is the never changing God. And so God never changes. He doesn't say one thing today and then change his mind tomorrow. He doesn't change his mind if he gets upset. He doesn't change his mind if we fail and disappoint him. You know, one of the scriptures that's always been incredibly interesting to me is, uh, is where, where Paul is teaching, I think it's in the book of Timothy. He says, he says, even when we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Now, that, that is just amazing to think that God, God's not going to stop being a good God because we're jerks. God is not going to decide to break his word to you because you've broken your word to him. He never changes. And one of the things that God did so that we could always have absolute confidence in who he was, absolute confidence and to know what to expect, he did something that had never been done in the history of pagan idolatry. He made covenants. And those covenants says, this is who I am. And because this is attached to my name, it, it, it's not based on what you do. This is who I am. Therefore, this is what you can always expect from me. You know, God bound himself by his word so that we could always know what to expect. But that doesn't mean anything 
if it's just some external uh, intellectual information that we have. The question is, do we take the names of God, the covenant of God? Do we take all of these things and do we actually integrate them into the beliefs of our heart? How, what we believe about ourselves, what we believe about our world. Is this what drives our decision-making processes uh, in life? Is this what drives everything about our faith and our connection to God? So all things involving God are issues of the heart. Now, oh, by the way, you know, you'll see that I'm glancing now because I'm, I'm, I do have some notes on the computer screen here. And you'll also see that I'm in a different place than we usually shoot our videos. You know, with, uh, um, with the social distancing thing, I started shooting my videos here in my personal study. This is where I study. All of it, this, is, this is not a fake background. This is just some of the, of the room full of books that I use to do research and this sort of thing. So it'll always... It's going to be looking a little bit different. It may not, you know, it may have some flaws in it, but that's all right. I, I, I'd rather get the information you need, the truth that you need to you, than to get all hung up on getting everything technically correct and all that kind of stuff. You're, you're people who are seeking the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm here to give you the truth. So that, that's why all of this looks a little bit different. And that's why you'll see, you'll see me glance down and, and glance at some notes because that's, I want to make sure I stay on track. But anyhow, all the things involving God are issues of the heart. And the moment we make our interactions with God external, they actually become carnal. They become driven by our ego, by our flesh, by our pride. And so we want to understand what does this mean, okay, as a covenant of the heart? Because it is. You know, one of the interesting things you might want to do sometimes is, is go online if you if you don't have a good Bible search program on your computer, go online and you can you can use uh, actually I, I use a Blue Letter Bible on my phone. So it's a free Bible app. I just love it. It's got all kinds of good word search tools and and uh, Hebrew and Greek tools on it. But there's there's many of them on your on your computer that you can get to, and do a search for the word heart. You will be amazed at how how often from the beginning God made everything about the heart. Now, sadly, the English does not even actually fully indicate how many times God references the heart, but God's a heart God. Everything that he does is in the heart. Now, the apostle Paul talks about the mysteries of God and talks about how that, you know, you know, understanding uh, that, that God's a Trinity. That's a mystery understanding what Jesus did is a mystery. Understanding how Christ could live in us, this is a mystery. Understanding the kingdom of God is a mystery. All things related to God to some degree is a mystery. Now, we probably talked about this before, but to get to where we want to go today about the heart, you've got to understand this. Because the Greek word for mystery always involves an initiation. And in initiation, this is where you accept certain uh certain standards, certain terms, and you make certain commitments. And based on making those commitments, then you get exposed to different degrees of information. Now, in the occult, the way they work with mysteries, and in secret societies, the way they work with mysteries is when they tell you the goal of being a part of this organization, and, and as you go through different stages of rites and initiations, over time, you may discover that really 
that organization may not really be about what you think it's about. And so you find yourself, you find yourself going through a process really of being brainwashed because what happens is you go in, you make commitments and, and, and agreements, and then you are introduced to some information and you don't get to go to the next step, to the next level of initiation until you have mastered and proven yourself fully committed to the information that you have been given. Then and only then are you able to move forward. Now, so in secret societies, that happens as a stage of brainwashing and little by little you accept whatever uh, their ideology is, whatever their doctrines are, and eventually you're like the frog in, in, in the boiling water. You know, you, you just turn the water up slowly and the frog won't even jump out of the pan. He will just sit there until he cooks. And that's what happens in occult situations. Now, with God, the difference is God gives you and tells you the truth about the end game, about this is the goal, this is the purpose, this is where you're going. Now, it just is inherent in man's tendency to give in to ego that if I know what the end is, then all I need is a bunch of information to get there. And so they're, 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 our walk with God stops being a relationship. It stops being the mystery of the kingdom and just the, the gathering of intellectual information. And the sad thing is we gather this information we just, and we can't get it to work or we can only get degrees of it to work. So you, so you, you know, so many people are so frustrated because it's like, it's like I don't understand why, you know, I got the truth, but the truth doesn't work. Well, there's not truth for you until you believe it in your heart. So as disciples, we come in and our initiation is that, is that we accept the truth about what Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection. We accept the truth that through the Lord Jesus, there has been a covenant of peace established with us and that God is, is not right. I mean, not angry with us. He's not going to pour his wrath out on us. And, uh, and that we share in the inheritance of Jesus. And so we come in, but then step by step, we, God leads us through a process of discovering what we need to deal with now so that that becomes a reality in our heart. And the truth is until you give yourself to activate, actuate, you know, bring to life what God is speaking to your heart. Now, the real truth is even though you can learn information about the next step, you ain't going to get it to work. You don't even get this step to work until you have mastered it until you've written it on, on your heart. You become fully persuaded, then you're able to step forward. So God's always taking us through this process. Uh, and it's not that we don't have all the information. We've got the revealed word of God. We got the Bible that tells us everything that we actually need to know, but knowing it is not what makes it work. It's believing it in, a, in our heart that makes it work. So, uh, so we're always in this process of renewing our minds with information and then transforming that information into literally into life, into spirit and truth, because it comes alive in our heart when we 
actually believe it. By the way, let me just mention this before I run out of time. The, we are going to plan to have a World Changer weekend this year. It's the third weekend in July. You can go to my website, drjimrichards.com, impactministers.com, and you can get the actual dates and you can register for it. And uh, if, you, if you're on our mailing list, you're going to get some information about it probably this week. So be sure and be open in your emails because we're going to give you information about how you can participate in our World Changer weekend, whether you come here live and get to participate in the live worship and all and the fellowship and the food and all the things that we do here are whether you can't come in, but you want to do it online and people say, well, what about social distance and all that kind of stuff? We will be sure and observe all the proper rules that we need to observe in order to protect you. All right, let me get back in this. In, uh, in, in, in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Paul makes this really interesting statement uh, that God has made us ministers of the new covenant. So, so if we're in the ministry uh, and we're teaching people, or really if we're parents, if we're teachers, or just friends, sharing with friends, the goal should be that, that we introduce people to, to, you know, to what God has promised them. And what God's promised them is a kingdom, is the salvation, and then entrance into the kingdom of God where we experience uh, heaven on earth and where we live the best life possible right here and right now. And then ultimately, uh, Jesus returns and we spend eternity with God. And so, but we, but sadly, very few people seem to know the new covenant. You know, over the last half century almost, I've gone all over the world preaching the new covenant. And it's amazing how many, how many times I would ask people, do you know the name of the new covenant? People are like, well, well the new covenant. Well, no, actually it's called the covenant of peace. Well, why is the covenant of peace? Because, because Jesus made peace between God and man. He made it where there was no enmity between God and man. So we can come open face fully before God and, and not be afraid and not, not, not be condemned, not worry about him rejecting us. So, we're supposed to be ministers of the new covenant. But here's what's really interesting. It says, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Now, it's really interesting when you study Paul's writings. And man, I'm telling you what, if you don't study the Bible, Paul's writings will confuse you. As a matter of fact, even the apostle Peter said that Paul's writings were difficult to understand and many people twist them to their own destruction. Well, the people that twist them to their own destruction, the people that don't know the Bible, they don't know the scripture, they're just kind of changing it to suit whatever it is they, they want it to say and whatever it is that they, they want it to be. But, but Paul makes a differentiation between the law of the spirit, the law of life, the law of the spirit of life, and the law of sin and death, and then the letter of the covenant and the spirit of the covenant. You say, well, wait a minute, I'm not sure I understand that. Wait. Many people today make an attempt to convince you that the, that the law itself is actually bad. Now, I'm, I can't go into all of this because it would just take so much time, but I want you to understand anywhere you read in the New Testament, anything that reflects badly on the law, you need to understand that it's never talking about the law that God gave to Moses. It's talking about the realm of law or the realm of legalism. And in the original language, that is very, very clear. The only way 
the law becomes bad if it's misapplied, if you're doing it to earn righteousness, if you're doing it to earn something from God, if you're doing it to think this gets you something from God, if you think your identity is based on just your outward uh, uh, you know, expression and behavior, all of that becomes incredibly destructive. That's living by the letter of the law. You know, I give, you know Jesus taught a lot about what I call the continuum of the heart. He said, look, he said, you know, you've heard it said that, that, you know, if you lie with another woman, you know, you commit adultery. He said, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're looking on a woman to lust after, you've already committed adultery in your heart. What's the, what's the difference here? Well, the difference is whether you're dealing with the spirit of the law or whether you're dealing with the letter of the law. And so with the letter of the law, many people say, well, I'm not actually doing this. So it's not, it's not wrong. But if they're doing their heart, it's taking them in that direction. It's, it's, it's the seeds that bring about the destruction where something moves from just being your imagination to something that you give into, to something that becomes destructive to your relationships, destructive to who, to who you are. So everything that God does, remember, you know, uh, and we're going to talk about this, the word law uh, can, have, it can have an incredibly positive translation because every Hebrew word has a light side and dark side. So, you know, law can be something that is a, a list of rules if you're legalistic in your heart. Or law can be signpost. It can be leadership. It can be direction. And that is determined by what's in your heart. That's determined by the intention of your heart. Why are you doing it? Are you doing it to force God to do something or whatever? But one of the things that I came across and I discovered simply is this, is that the, you know, the law that brings life is the same law that brings death. And the only determining factor is what's the motive and the intention of your heart. And so the new covenant, really just like just like everything god has done you can you can learn the new covenant but if it is not done from a heart of faith and love it becomes the letter of the law and you will use it to destroy yourself you know i, I read this statement i just thought it was such an incredible statement it says the genius of the book of deuteronomy is that it interprets or explains the external law in light of its desired effect on man's inner attitudes. You know, that is just so phenomenal. And working with people, most of you know, I've been in the ministry like almost a half a century. I've pastored for about 30 years, uh, but I've always been involved in counseling with people. I've been a substance abuse counselor, I've been, you know, a, a, a family counselor, teen and children's counselor. And, uh, and so, you know, I've worked with people in just about every kind of situation imaginable. And one of the things that I often do whenever people are wanting to believe God for something, for a particular outcome, I try to encourage people. Of course, you know, Jesus said the measure you meet is going to be measured to you. So if God, you take any promise of God and just say, okay, I want that. I give it to me, Jesus. Well, you know what? But, uh, that ain't going to happen. Uh, it's what you do it with it in your heart that determines it. And he says, the measure that you meet, in other words, the measure you give to it, what does that mean, the measure? Well, it can mean a whole lot of things. The measure of, the measure of thought and study and pondering and considering and imagination and meditation and, and prayer, the measure of everything that you give to 
the word of the kingdom, the promises of God that you, that you hear, that will determine, according to Jesus, the, deg the degree of life that's going to come back to you based on what, how you're investing yourself in this. And so I always tell people, you know, when you're meditating on the word of God, meditating on the word of God isn't just quoting it over and over again. You know, I was in, in my undergraduate work, and they, they were going to talk to us about meditating on the word of God. Basically, all we ever did was just quote it over and over and over and over. Well, there was, there was benefit from that, particularly if you engaged your imagination, thought about what you were saying. But the key is always this. What does it look like if I actually put it into practice? What would my life look like? What would I feel like? How would I enjoy it? How would my life change? How would my life get better? Remember, Jesus said this. He, you know, he said, I think it's John 7, 17, or you know, thereabouts, you can find it. Uh, uh, you know, the King James says it sort of like this. You know, they came to Jesus. They want to know, how do we know your doctrine is really of God? And he said, well, if that will to do the will of God, thou will know. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of that. Okay, that's not really clear. In plain English, he's saying, if you had any intention to put this into practice, you'd know if my doctrines have got, well, why would you know? Because if you had an intention to put it in practice and you start meditating on it and thinking about what it would look like in your life and thinking about it from the perspective of calling on God to empower you to bring it to life inside you, when it worked, you would know that it's a truth. It's a truth of God. You know, I tell people this all the time. The reality of it is, by the way, I'm just reaching up and hitting my timer right there. And I'll be doing some little things like that. I hope they're not too distracted. You know, the reality of it is you don't know if anything you believe is true until it works. And until it works, you can, you might, you know, from to a certain degree, be able to assume, okay, now this is true. I see this in scripture, but how does it work? When it comes to life in my heart, and when it manifests the fruit of the spirit in my life, you know, when it manifests life and joy and peace and all of these kinds and patience, all these kinds of things, that's when I know, man, this, this is the truth of God. And this is what I want to hold on to. But I've found that it's amazing how our ability to bring the word to life changes when we start imagining what it might look like if, if it were putting it into practice. Not from a legalistic point of view, not from trying to earn something from God point of view, just trying to put it into practice. Well, the law and one of the meanings in the Hebrew of the word law is signpost or direction or leadership. The law would show you an end result and what it would look like externally. You know, thou shalt not commit adultery. So I know that the end result is not commit adultery. You know, you shall not lie. So I know that the end result is being honest and, and, and not lying. So all the commandments do. And by the way, one concept of the commandments is a prescription. And so it's, you know, prescription is something that, that you can use to protect you from getting a, a disease or a disorder or something that you use after you get a disease or disorder. And it really doesn't matter. What matters is the point that you use it to heal yourself, either, either pre preventative or, or in response to a situation. So the law gives me a, a signpost that says, you know, there are certain situations I need to avoid. I do not want to end in those situations. Well, you know what you do? You don't just go, okay, this is what I'm going to, I'm going to bite the bullet and do this or not do this. I mean, you know, it's, 
that's a behavior modification. There's nothing wrong with behavior modification. It's just that it depends on willpower. But what if maybe instead of just looking at this external thing, as I went internal, and what if I started thinking about my per myself as a person who loved righteousness, as a person who loved morality, as a person who loved my spouse, and a person who you know was committed to being faithful? What if I saw what it was? I started imagining and meditating on what it would look like to turn away from those kinds of temptations. Well, you know what? Suddenly, the letter of the law becomes the spirit of the law. And instead of it being something that's burdensome that could actually destroy me if I turn into legalism, it becomes something that gives me life. Listen, I want you to know how to relate to this covenant that we have with God from a heart perspective. And in this covenant, God tells you exactly what you can expect from him. And actually, he connects his own name to it. And so the more I get my heart steadfast and established in who he really is, the more the fruit of that is going to be to be faithful, fully committed to the covenant. Man, I, I, I'm telling you what, that's what you call easy in life. That's, that, that's what you call effortless transformation. And you know what? That's what this series is all about. I want to, I want to encourage you in this. First of all, you know, right now through our ultimate impact group, and I don't know if you can still get in, but this is my personal mentoring and coaching group. We are going through right now, uh, uh, establishing your heart in the new covenant. And, uh, and most of our ultimate impact people watch these cyber church programs as a part of the support that they get, because I'm always sharing different dimensions and all these different messages. Uh, but also, I have an eight-message series that even goes beyond what, I, what I'm teaching here and even goes beyond what I'm teaching at Ultimate Impact. It gets into uh, more application, more of the details, more of what to do to actually put this in practice. So maybe, maybe you're not able to be a part of the Ultimate Impact group. And you say, well, you know what? I, I, I want to keep applying this. I want to keep pursuing this. So you can be sure and you can... You can get the downloadable version, and tonight you can be diving deeper into every aspect of the new covenant and how to, how to write this on your heart. You can be taking new steps into this discipleship, or you can order the CDs. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I'm making disciples. I, I'm not here just to get converts. I'm not here just to get people to wave their hands at Jesus. I am here to get people to make this journey of coming out of Egypt, connecting to God, experiencing Christ in their heart, getting through the wilderness, which is, which is really just a process uh, of coming to the place where we can fully and confidently enter into kingdom living, where lordship becomes a reality and, and we truly become disciples and we live the best life possible. That's what it's all about. And let me just tell you this. We are raising up 1 billion disciples around the world. If you are interested in what that looks like, if you're interested in being a part of helping me raise up a billion disciples, establishing the new covenant around the world, then go to my website, drjimrichards.com, and, and check out the World Changer program, because that's what we're doing. We're changing the way the world sees God. We're presenting God on the basis of the new covenant, on the basis of the finished work of Jesus, so you know what you can trust from God. You know his character. You know who he is, and you can enter into this relationship with him. 
you know something? It is such an incredible, incredible thing. And you know, one of the things that we're going to do, by the way, this year at World Changer Weekend, we're going to be sharing testimonies from people all over the world that our world changers are touching and influencing Bible schools that we're starting all over the world. I just, I want you to get to hear some of these testimonies that we read and that we see and that we experience every single day. I'm going to tell you something. The world is getting dark, but there's a polarization. While darkness is growing, just, just exactly like the Bible prophesied, um, for a sin abounds, grace is much more bound. I'm going to tell you something. We are in what, is, what will become the most influential uh, revival, renewal, whatever, however you want to call it, the world has ever seen. It's going to happen because you preach the gospel of the kingdom and because you raise up disciples unto Jesus as Lord. So be sure and join me. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.